Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Scotland Rugby League podcast, brought to you by McEwens. I'm your host, James Parsons, and today I'm going to be joined by two guests. Later, I'll be chatting with SRL chairman Keith Hogg about what some of the players have been up to behind the scenes. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by senior team and Edinburgh Eagles player Lewis Clark. Thank you for coming on today. How have you been getting on at the minute? Yeah, not too bad. Keep myself busy. Try to keep myself fit anyway. And quarantine. I've got a running track pretty much on my back doorstep, so it's it's been not too bad compared to, compared to what I've seen from some people anyway, some of my mates. <laughs> you're you're still working? Yeah, I I work for um, a power company. I work on overhead power lines, so the lights must stay on. Um, so I'm I'm out all the time, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for some. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I'm kept busy all the time. Yeah, what what I mean, what is it you do um, like at the company? Is it o- overhead electrical linesman? What does that involve? Yeah, so um, you've got you've got your underground cables um, running to all houses, and then you've got your overhead lines. Uh, so I, I deal with all kind of aspects of high voltage electricity, all the way up to thirty three thousand and um, two forty domestic stuff. So if your power in your house goes out, then it's most likely it's me that's it's going to come out and maybe fix your power. <laughs> and has it been busy with everyone at home? It's been pretty quiet, I must say. Because um, we deal with businesses a lot as well, um, we're always getting called out to that. But with no businesses being open just now, it's been pretty quiet. Um, it's just basically maintenance work that we're doing just now. Um, so it's uh, it's been pretty quiet. No, not too bad then. Um Going on to sport, uh, how, how do you first get involved in sport in general? Because I, I know you probably started playing rugby union, is that right? Yeah, I been in Scotland. It's mostly rugby union around here. I was I was kind of a late starter. Um, I, it was my dad that first took me to my local club last week when I was in primary seven. Um, I, I started off in football, but because I was a bit heavier than. <laughs> Then your average uh, 12, 13 year old boys, ah, we should give you a go at rugby. And from primary seven, that's that's where it all kicked off. I played played my minis at Last Wade Rugby Club. Then I went and played my um, under under 17s, under 18s at Musselburgh Rugby Club, which is uh, just down the road uh, from Last Wade. And then following that, I, I signed with a team called Gallus Shields, where I ended up getting my first cap with a, uh, at rugby league for the Scotland team. And are you still playing union now? Um, not as much. I've kind of taken a back step to it. Um, I was just kind of having a break here because I was all throughout the winter I was playing rugby union and then it would go straight into the rugby league season. So since kind of 15, 16, I've never really had a, an off season. So this was my, my off season this. So I've been playing playing a few games for last week here and there, but not as much as I, I normally would be. Mm. And we'll, we'll we'll get on to sort of rugby league in depth a bit more. Um, but um, I say switching between the two codes and not really having an off season. Um, what have you found that there've been skills that you've learnt that you can take across to both codes, and you know how how much has it improved you as a player? Oh yeah, hundred percent. When you when most boys come back into pre-season for union, 
they're normally starting off in a, a sluggish and they're always struggling to, to get into into the groove. But through playing league right throughout the summer, it's I, I feel like I go into the union season to start fitter than than what I, I normally would. Um, and I, I feel leagues are more physically demanding um, than unions. So I, I, the fitness aspect and the physicality aspect transfer as well into union. Yeah, and are there there sort of because you're in a sort of creative role in in league. Have you noticed um, sort of like aspects of handling and passing and things like that have gone across? Yeah, yeah. Well, I normally play hooker, hooker or um, halfback at, in league. Um, I normally play halfback with the uh, the Eagles. So, and when I normally go back into last way, I normally. I'm either 10 or 15, which is kind of still your uh, decision-making playing roles. So, um, yeah, no, the, the kind of aspect of that de- definitely does help transferring over. And how, how was it you first got involved in rugby league? Um, it was actually, it was my dad again that got me involved. I think he's seen an article um, years ago when I was about 15, 16. Um, it was Emory Eagles looking, looking for uh, new players for the, the upcoming season. It was it was an open age. They, they didn't have a a minis or middies or whatever. So he's like, oh, we'll, we'll go along. So I went to a, a training session when I was 15 year old, and it just started from that. And I, I got my first game at uh, 16 with the senior team. I think it was a Challenge Cup game, um, and then I've been there pretty much every every season since. <laughs> how was how was playing against seniors at 16? Oh, it was a it was a big step up to fair. It was my well, I'd never played a full senior game at, at Union um at that time. So it was my it was league that introduced me to the, the kind of open age. But uh, I, I think I went not too bad to be fair. The I was a lot smaller, it took me a while to grow. I think I, I kinda hit puberty later on, so it was a <laughs> it was a big <laughs> a big step up at sixteen anyway. <laughs> And and sort of moving across to league, how, how, I mean, what were your sort of first impressions of the sport, and like, how much did you know about it going into those trials at Edinburgh? To, to be fair, I, I never heard much at all. I'd seen it a few times on the the TV, but it was just it was just scrolling through the TV. To be fair, I never really took much interest in it. But um, as, as soon as I went to the, the kind of the first few sessions. Everyone was kind of rugby league daft, and that's all they followed, and it was, um, and they and they loved it. And then from there, I found I found a team and a team to follow, and then then I had the NRL to watch. I never knew about that either, and, but uh, no, it ended up being my my favourite sport from then. And and as as you mentioned, you've you know been playing for Edinburgh Eagles for quite a while now. Um, yeah. What what have been some of your your highlights whilst whilst playing for Edinburgh? Oh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh Eagles. It's it's been an up and down team. When I started uh, when I was sixteen, they were a really good side. It was it was a big uh, group of friends. It was a lot of them from Prem One and uh, Prem Two teams, which is uh, your your top tier of your union. It was those sort of boys, and then after a couple of years, it kind of dropped off. It died off. Uh, when I went away abroad, and then it kind of just resurfaced. One of the the guys who's uh, chairing it just now, uh, Baz, he kind of ignited it again, and they've got this kind of 
this this new life, and they've entered all the competitions when the 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 Newcastle League and but no definitely just playing in Challenge Cup games and things like that just getting exposure with some of the boys it's it's been good. Yeah, so it's been sort of up and down, but last year was a pretty pretty successful year because you won the Scottish Cup and then as I say also the the North East League. Um, yeah. How did you find playing south of the border, and you know, how big a moment was it for the team to win the league? Well, we've, as I say, the team's always been up and down. We've got, I think, we've got about 60, 60, 70 boys on the books, but the team chops and changes all the time because we go into union season, then boys fall off. Um, it's just try to keep the interest with with the, the team sometimes, and especially travelling every second weekend. We're we're going down to Newcastle. It's three, four-hour trips sometimes. So, um, but we, we knew every time we've played these uh, English teams, we've we've always came up well. So it was they they entered in it last year and we we done really well and we never really felt that, that we had some hard games, but we felt like we could we could have went and got the cup as well, but we were just a bit just fell short unfortunately. Mm. And and where you know you sort of talking about like um, having lots of players and not necessarily having the same team week in week out. Um, where do you think the the future for the Eagles as a team lies, and how do you think it can grow and be sort of less up and down than just up? Well, there's a there's a big push um, in the background. I know a lot of the boys are um, in the schools. Well, they're trying they're trying their best to get into more schools. Um, and just getting a kind of a mini program under under twelves, under seventeens, another squad, and then we've, we've hopefully got another um, two squads for the seniors next year. Um, but as a big focus on the minis, getting the grassroots developing them, and then they'll be the the future of the club eventually. Um, hmm. But there's a lot of work boys are putting behind the scenes, and there's a few big announcements um, coming, but they can't announce it yet because it's not totally. Um, pen and paper, but there's big things coming hopefully in the next while. And um, you mentioned it briefly, but uh, you're talking about your time abroad because as well as playing in Scotland and England, you also spent 2017 in Australia playing for Moor Park Broncos. Um, yeah. How did that come about, and how was your experience playing over there? Um, I think it was uh, after I played a, f- a few seasons, and then. I, I think it was after I got my first cap with this the senior squad um it kind of put me on the radar and a boy um from Moor Park I, I think he was the the chairman and the president he contacted me saying we're we're putting a team together um for next season we're 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 looking to maybe bring you over um is it how do you fancy coming over and trialing so I, I thought about it because of my job I asked to leave leave my job for for six months so I could play the season but unfortunately never gave me the time off so I end up just I went all right I'll, I called my job and then went over there for, for the year played the season um they played in the South Sydney comp uh, comp so played I think I was over there for in Sydney for about nine nine ten months and I loved loved every minute over there and how, how did you find the sort of the standard of rugby over there Oh, compared to playing here, it was it was tenfold. It was 
more physically demanding. This, this play of the game was a lot quicker, and especially my from playing in my last game of league over here was in the snow, and then playing my first game over there it was in thirty degree heat. It was <laughs> it was kind of different <laughs> uh, for me anyway. But no, I was the standard was a lot a lot harder, a lot better. But it, it definitely developed my game. Yeah, yeah, sort of developing your game. What what do you feel that you learnt from your time over there? Just well, it was a a lot of ex NRL players that the the club brought in that year, um, playing the, with the likes of Georgie Rose, Rana Tuamata, um, just being around those sort of boys with the knowledge that they've played to, at the top level, uh, showing you little bits about the game and things like that. Just everything. Playing around those sort of players helped develop my game. And, and off the pitch, um, how did you find? Cause obviously, the season being six months and you were there for a, a year, how did you find living in Australia, sort of generally? Yeah, well, no, the the club were uh, brand new to me. They they well, they put me up in a house with another player. Um, they got my job at the end. They said if I wanted to stay, I was planning to stay in the the second year, but I never realised that I had to do my my farm work to stay that second year because it was a it was classes semi pro. Then they couldn't sponsor me for the just the rugby alone, so I had to go and do my farm work. And because of playing and training, I just never had time, and then kind of I had to come home, unfortunately. And I mean, you mentioned it briefly there, but um, from from starting playing league, how did you first get involved in the Scotland setup? Um, it was. I think my my first kind of game where any sort of Scotland squad was, it was under 17s at the time. Um, I think we played we played like the Community Lions, England Community Lions, a few times. Played a few games there, um, and then it just kind of went up the age grades. I played the under 19s, and then we got invited to the under 19s nines comp at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, that was I think that was 20. 2014 or 2015, um, so we played in Glasgow, the, the Nines comp, um, I think we had a really good squad there, I think there was about five or six boys that eventually went on to get the full cap, um, and then I played, a f- they used to have, and I think they're trying to bring it back as well, the Scotland club, the Scotland A, uh, we played a few games with that, and then eventually did get a call up in 2015, I think it was. Um, when Scotland played Wales and Gala Shields, um, and then I went on to get more caps after that. And talking about the Commonwealth Nines, um, how, how did you find that tournament as sort of as an experience? And also, so did you draw with Australia? I think. Yeah, no, we had a we had a really good squad. We. We're in our group stages, we're kind of unlucky to be fair. We we beat Jamaica, we beat England, beat South Africa, drew Australia and then got beat by Wales. But because of the points difference, Australia ended up going through into the final um, and then they ended up getting beat by Papua New Guinea. But uh, we were unlucky to, to not go all the way. There were some some good players, some of that are NRL just now. But uh, nah, it was a really good experience. And... I asked Murray this because um, nines is something it's sort of not caught on in the same way as like sevens has. 
how how did you find it sort of as a sport? Because I guess playing union, you'll have had experience doing sevens too. Yeah, no, I I loved it. Um, that was my my first game, kind of when I went into Australia as well. It was a a nines comp. I I just I like that kind of the free flowing open kind of space. Um, the running, it's a lot. It's a lot more physically demanding, but um, it definitely suits my game a lot more. Uh, but no, with the, the nines and the sevens, that's I, I like that kind of stuff. Hmm. And okay, you mentioned, I think actually your debut was against Ireland. Um, yeah, Ireland, can, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you describe that moment when you walked onto the pitch, sort of in, in the Scotland top for the first time, you know, the full senior top for the first time? Um, it was uh, it was kind of surreal to be fair. Even though I only got about three minutes, it was uh, it was it was amazing because at that that year that was the year I signed with Gala Shields, uh, and we played at the home ground. So it was in front in front of quite a, a fair crowd, and um, everyone's uh, cheering me on. I get loads of messages before the game, and everything. that was it was a it was a great weekend anyway. Even though I didn't get the minutes that I wanted, but it was uh, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, not a huge amount of minutes, but how did you find it when you were on the pitch for the first time? I mean, was it sort of a, a noticeable difference from your playing experience in the past? Um, it was before. I think the nerves kind of got to me before the game, but when I went on the pitch, it was it was kind of like any other game. I was how how I was preparing for any other game. Um, you, you kind of blank out all the crowd around you, and it just becomes just a we know it was a a big game for us, but it was it was just any other game to me. When I was playing, I kind of zoned out the crowd and I just had the job to do. Okay, sort of going into the senior squad for the first time. Um, how how did you find it playing alongside sort of the, the sort of seasoned Super League professionals, and how 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 big an impact was that on your game? Well, again, like touching on being Australian, being around these players. Just even training with these these sort of boys, the the caliber, like what how they play is just being around them brings your game up. Even if you're not playing, they all, all these boys that they'll happily talk to you, and if you do something wrong, they'll they'll help you. And um, it's good for boys like myself just to get involved around that. And I, I hope more boys get the chance to, because um, the the level that they constantly play it, uh, it would improve anyone's game to be fair, a lot quicker. Uh, the decision making they make is it's 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 really good. I mean, who you mentioned a couple of the the guys in Australia, but I mean, which, which sort of Scotland players have stood out to you? Sort of three or four players that you know really made you step step back and you know and look at them. I guess uh, the likes of Danny Bruff, uh, just the way he controls the game and controls his players. That's okay. That's been just been behind him and watching what he does um was amazing to watch. Um Dale Ferguson, he's a he's just another natural leader. Doesn't he just he doesn't demand the attention of the boys, but he just he, he gets it. Um and the way he puts his, his body on the line every game and things like that. Um there's Luke Douglas when he was in camp in Byron Bay, a brand new boy. Uh, just uh, there's so many boys you could mention, but uh, the whole squad's brilliant. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I suppose it's gonna be it's sort of a shame that Luke's retired now, but you sort of yeah, even, uh-huh. even, you know, just seeing him play, you can sort of get that aura about him. Um Yeah, you couldn't have met a nicer guy either. He's yeah. Brilliant. And yeah, you mentioned that since two thousand fifteen you've gone on to get a few more caps. Um what what have been some of your highlights and best moments from from playing with playing for Scotland? Um Definitely, definitely my first cap. Just the kind of every time you get invited back to the camps, it's it's brilliant. Um, being around all the boys, it's it's good crack. Um, Byron Bay was a good one. Um, off the back of my Moor um, Park season, I got invited to go along at the camp. Uh, met the boys in Byron Bay, trained with them, and uh, played in the against New South Wales country. Um, I ended up uh, tearing, tearing my meniscus and when he done that and then I unfortunately had to fly home but being being with him for the, the week or two I was there was brilliant but just just every time you get to go away with the boys is, uh, is an experience um, you know, We've sort of talked a lot about highlights but what have been some of the, the challenges that you faced while playing for Scotland? Um, a, lot, a lot of it's travelling um, every time we have home camps, they're always in England, like Wigan, um, Castleford, places like that. And from being in Edinburgh, it's, it's quite a lot of travelling. Um, and having to get time off work, it's, it's quite hard sometimes. So every time camp comes up about October, November, it's about four weeks that I have to take out my own holidays. And it's, it's just a pain, but, <laughs> but I'd, I'd do it. I'd do it uh, week in, week out if I had to, but because uh, I, I love to play for them. And it, well, yeah, it sounds like it's an experience that's worth it. Yeah. On on the field, who have been some of the toughest players that you've had to face while playing for Scotland? Um, I think it was uh, under-19s when we, we played in that, that Commonwealth. It was uh, Sydney Roosters that basically brought the their academy team down. Um, so they had, like, say, so your two of us, a Sheik, and they had boys like that. And, and most of us were 17, 18 year old, and you're coming up against these monster men. <laughs> but they're just, they're just bred differently, aren't they? But, uh, <laughs> ah, it's hard, hard to pick one, but I've came up against quite a few boys, but no one that really stands out. And, and going forward, um, what what are your goals with Scotland and you know what what else do you want to achieve with the team? I'd I'd be happy just to to get my name in the fold year in year out if just keep on training. Um, that's what I'm doing just now. Just keep myself fit and hopefully get in the next uh, European qualifiers and then the World Cup qualifiers. Sorry. Um, so mm. just play as many years as I can, get as much caps as I can, but just enjoy it while it lasts. To be fair. What what would be your message and sort of advice to young players that were sort of in your position, like 15, 16 years old? Like what would be your message to them about rugby league and why they should get involved in it? Just just to have a go and try it. Um, year in, year out, as you say, our, our league team, the Eagles are getting more and more boys and it's boys who are trialling out and then realising that they prefer it and then they ended up jacking off Union. So I just just go out and try for it. There's a lot more opportunities with Scotland Rugby League, whereas um, Union, a lot of it's kind of 
if you're in private school and things like that, they, they won't say that. But um, it's a lot more for the, the state kind of people. If, you, if, if you're willing to put in the time, there's a lot more opportunity for you. Again, as you say, like there's the chance to play alongside senior players at the age of 16 and sort of be yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out to do this and I hope you manage to keep on staying fit. <laughs> I'm trying my best. If playing club rugby league in Scotland is something that sounds like it interests you, um, head over to our website www.scotlandrl.com for full contact details for all of the local teams. Our next guest is the chairman of Scotland Rugby League, Keith Hogg. Keith has been a key part of the Scotland Rugby League setup for a number of years and we'll be having a quick update on what the players and staff have been doing during lockdown. Thank you for coming on today, Keith. How have you been getting on? Um, I think it's it's quite challenging for everyone, James. I think uh, living in Scotland, we've been... We've actually been quite quite fortunate in terms of surprisingly the weather's been pretty good, which does actually uh, help. It's good to get up in the morning and that actually the sun's out. But um, probably like mo- most other people, which is, which is a, a, a mixture of work, um, probably a bit more uh, exercise than than normal, and and just being as um, sensible as you can be, and to an extent having enjoying having two twenty odd year old uh, children in the house for a period of time. And obviously, it's, um, obviously, with lockdown, there hasn't been any rugby league. Um, but how have the how Scotland Rugby League been interacting with the players sort of behind the scenes during all of this? Well, it's tricky because because clear, now clearly people are, are disappointed, and, and um, probably the I, I suspect the younger you are, the, 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 the more challenging this is in, in some ways. But it's it's been very interesting because. Now, if you start start off with with the student group, now they 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 got the news fairly quickly that the uh, the planned tournament uh, just north of Belfast for uh, for next month and for for June had been postponed, and I, I, and I think probably the chances of that tournament happening this year are very very slim. But they've been great because you now a num- number of these guys have, have known each other for for a period of time. Some of them also in the under nineteen squad and. As everyone has, we've got WhatsApp groups set up with with, with everybody, and we're not, we're not demanding that people engage in that WhatsApp group because people are busy. People, you know, some people have got jobs. There's, you know, if you, if you're a student, why wouldn't you be out there maximising your income at the moment? You know, go and work in in your local Tesco for sixty hours a week if if, if that's what works for you. But seeing them engage and 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 seeing um, some of the uh, so-called banter has actually been quite encouraging and, and quite good fun and very much shows some of the values of uh, what we're all about with Scotland and, and a number of them are setting each other very challenging physical uh, tests and I suspect that um, three or four of the squad are actually fitter than, than they've ever been. The under 19 is very similar, very similar. Um, some are engaged, some are, are busy doing other things, some come in occasionally and, and join in similar stuff, physical tests. Uh, one of them um, put up one of these multi-physical tests the, the, the other day and immediately got challenged by another because he was uh, he was cheating, not properly cheating, but he was uh, he, he was uh, trying to uh, test the boundaries and apparently he would have world ranked something like number two on that set of tests. So no, it, it, it's good. The sen- senior guys, of course, have got lots of other things to be doing. That they've got their clubs that they're working with. 
most of our guys have, have, uh, have got a job, but they're doing the same thing, really. They're, they're, they're engaging when, when something happens. They pick other stuff out of social media. Um, they do like to entertain and challenge one another on occasions, and that's quite good to see. But we're not doing anything massively formal with any of the groups. We don't think that's particularly appropriate. Um, they volunteer their time to play with Scotland Rugby League, and if they want to engage, they engage, and the staff are very similar with that as well. I mean, what have been some of the, the, the best challenges that you've seen come out of the, any of the age group teams? I think the most encouraging thing is is a number of them. I think all the guys, the guys, and and let's not forget that we've actually kicked off women's rugby league just before the lockdown. But all the guys that are involved with Scotland rugby league are very, very committed to it. It means an enormous amount to them, and the word kind of family is 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 often an abused and misused word, but they do very quickly feel part of something and that's also true for 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 their parents and and some of their friends and you can see that coming through here and there without naming any names there 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 are, there are certain characters in 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 all of our squads where where their personality just shines through in a situation like this and it shines through in a really really positive way and and that's that's great to see no, and, and equally, there's other members of the squads that are, that, are, that are quieter. And of course, they don't engage as much in, a, in something like a WhatsApp platform because that's not them. And that's absolutely fine. But no, and, and the, other, the other thing that, that I've noticed is, 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 is some genuine care and, and, and compassion amongst people in, in terms of some of the things that they're, they're, they're saying some of, the, some of the questions that they're asking just you, you can see that they're, they're finding their way to just check up on on some of their mates and 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 that's just really really good to see and and you know we need to acknowledge that there's far more important things um, you know for the world at the moment than, than, than games of rugby league but if people are helping one one another in however tiny that that, that may be then that's only a positive thing yeah definitely um... And one of the stories, which is less about the players, but I mean, people may have seen that actually our head coach was in an article in the Guardian, and he's been working on the on the front lines. Really, um, have you spoken to Nathan at all about how he's been coping with all of this? Uh, I have, I have. I, I, I think that Nathan is is one of a number of people across across all sport, but perhaps particularly rugby league, where, where actually it's only at times like this where, where, where people get, a, get a, a real insight to the, the, the quality and compassion of, of the person. And, and that is definitely the case with, with Nathan. Now, I, I, I knew at a very early stage that, that, that um, he was going to be working in the intensive, in one of the intensive care units actually at uh, Bradford in uh, Royal Infirmary. And um, we, we've, we, we've exchanged messages and, and spoken a couple of times and, and, and we do that when, um, when he feels able to do it because what, what he is doing, along with everybody who is working in care at, 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 in, at the front line during these incredibly challenging times is, is, is just, you know, it's a remarkable demonstration of, of the values of, of the person. And, and 
all those that have got to know Nathan over many years um, know that he's like that, but you, re you really see it at times like this. Um, equally, when he can, he, he, he engages into the, with the senior guys in, in terms of that WhatsApp group. He's the head coach of the students as well. He pops up there occasionally on one of his days, days off, but no, we, we, we don't push any of that because you know, Nathan is, is no different to anyone else. You know, his, his family needs to come first and you know, looking after incredibly sick people um, is, is just, you know, what can you say? It's just absolutely admirable, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's, um, and I mean, there, there can't be many other national teams that you know, have a part-time coach that's working front lines during all of this. Um, I mean, that sort of brings on to more a more general point that's not about coronavirus, but because um, obviously you've been involved with Scotland rugby for quite a while. But how how does the 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 team sort of preparation for big tournaments differ compared to you know, the nations that have got a full full time setup? I think I, I'm not sure it. It, it differs that much in, in principle, James. I think, think um, what needs to be done needs to be done. And, 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 and for, for me, it, it, it breaks simply into, in, into two areas. What, what, one is just, just administrative preparation, which myself, along with the likes of uh, Ollie Crookshank, spend enormous amounts of time on um, as, as, as volunteers and, and one or two other people help us with that. And then... Uh, if, you get, no, if you go back to uh, go back to, to Nathan and Scott in terms of co coaching team, they'll 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 be thinking about it. The difference for them and and everyone else is involved is it's 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 not a full time role, but but the things that need to be done are the same things. And you no, know, and we do pride ourselves on on being as well prepared as we can and as disciplined as we can in what in, in what we do and that that covers everything all, all the way through to how the players see things through to just very very tight financial controls and and we want to give the the, the playing group and, and and the staff group but especially the playing group the, the best possible chance that, that 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 we can to do what they're capable of doing doing on the pitch and is it challenging? It's very challenging, and, and, and I think for for the likes of Scotland, you know, any any second tier, third tier nation is, is primarily driven by volunteers and, and players who are semi professional or amateur players. That's tough. It's tough, and and, and the, the bottom line is that twenty twenty one is going to require an awful lot of people's time and, and commitment but based on past experience that happens and you no know, and all credit to everybody in every nation that that is prepared to volunteer their time because without those people things would be so different and i mean you mentioned it there but i think we'll we won't talk about this year's aims but next year with it being the world cup for both the wheelchair team and the men's team, I mean, assuming it all goes ahead as planned, um, how much are you looking forward to that tournament and having both teams be there at the same time? Oh, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I, I think I, I think the concept of having men's, women's, and wheelchair at the same time is a great concept. 
it brings its challenges for for you know all of all of the, let's call it the support functions for for those teams because it tends to be the same people um, ordering you know ordering the kits get get getting things organised. We want everybody to have a great experience, and we want we want to win some games. So I think if you if you spoke to our wheelchair players and our wheelchair staff, they have an ambition in in terms of their performance in 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 that tournament. That ambition requires them to to improve on on no on the court and 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 to play at a level that that um, they probably only played at very occasionally in the past, which is just to do with their personal development and the evolution of the squad and the men, I, 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 I always leave these things to the, the actual players and, and, and the staff because I don't believe it, it, it's for us to go this is what you need to do but I'll be fairly confident that, that, that as, and, as and when the men's squad and, and, and the, the, uh, the staff get together and talk about their ambitions for, for the World Cup that as an absolute minimum they, they will be aiming to get out, out of our group and then it'll be a case of well, no, we'll go from there and, and see what happens. And to get out of the group's going to be be an enormous challenge. But no, Scotland is no in in many ways is the no, no is is a absolute classic underdog nation that tends to perform above you know, many people's expectations. An awful lot of people do not understand what we do and how we do it. Well, so be it. And then no, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And. As long as people have a great experience and, and they lock away some memories and you know, the people who come to support us are exactly the same, then everybody will be quite happy. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Next week, we'll be joined by first team player Dave Scott. But in the meantime, stay home, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>